Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Shit You Wish Your Building Did. This is the podcast where technology experts tell you how to make your building smarter. Today, we're speaking to David from Bitpool, who have put ChatGPT to good use, creating their own chatbot for building data. So stick around for this interesting conversation where we discuss a real-world application of this hugely influential new technology. If you're serious about making your commercial building smarter, then you're in the right place. Every episode, we talk to an expert in their field and discuss practical business advice on how to implement technology in buildings. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You'll be notified when we publish new content. So let's go. David. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Maybe you can start by just telling us a little bit about Bitpool and what you've been doing with uh, ChatGPT. Yeah, cool, man. Um, so, so Bitpool's a building data cloud platform. Um, we specialize in getting data out of buildings at an extremely low cost and putting that into people's hands. And um, our ChatGPT journey really came about with all of the, the hype in buildings with everyone, you know, uh, writing poetry with it and uh, <laughs> writing job descriptions and what have you. And um, we thought we'd put it to some good use and, and feed it some building data and see see what came back from it. Um, you know, we we often, you know, experiment with new technology. So I won't say that we're uh, experts in the field. We sort of just came across ChatGPT and thought, well, well, how could it help our product? Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, maybe just like, that's obviously what we want to talk today about and, um as you said, like, you know, you're hearing about some of these kind of like, obviously, it's interesting that people are playing around with it, but it's great to hear some kind of real world experiences. And, you know, I came across your LinkedIn post, which I thought was uh, super interesting. And so you've basically been feeding it data from your API, the Bitpool API. Um, and then it's yeah. been, you've basically created um, a, a chatbot, right, for your for your application. Is that is that about yeah. right? Yeah. I mean... Bitpool goes a little bit further than that in the sense that with our product, we always wanted it to be simple and for anyone to use. You know, one of the mm. premises of our product is it's not just for engineering specialists or, um, you know, uh, energy professionals, things like that. It's like anyone can get into the platform and use it and create some value out of their data. Mm -hmm. So when we saw ChatGPT, we saw the opportunity to bring that into that world, I suppose to, to help people understand what they're seeing from our platform, it wasn't as much about us pushing large chunks of uh, building data to it. It was more about being that assistant for the user to say, okay, well, this is what this is what I can see and this is what I can tell you about what you're seeing. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're super passionate at the moment about this, this pro problem where there is a um, a diminishing skill set in the industry. And we've got to try and be able to bring people in who aren't from our industry and, and help them understand what they're seeing so they can actually uh, participate in the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise, as an industry, we're sort of isolating people by virtue of how complex uh, buildings can be and the technology we use. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so it's like augmenting the user experience and also then the ability yeah. of the user to be able to kind of get a deeper understanding of this data, right? So... I mean, can you give us an? Ex I mean, you've obviously been seeing now how your users have been interacting with it. Like, have you got some yeah. use cases? Yeah, it's 
It's interesting because when you talk to different people, we don't have a large subset using it of, of our users. There's, there's, and there's users using it in different ways, which I've found interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common uh, comment that we get, or the feedback that we get at the moment is it's taking a lot of the workload out of it. Um, I suppose for everyone to understand, so ChatGPT and that that API, there's there's more iterations to come, mm-hmm. um, and there's a certain level of accuracy that you get with this release. But what we're finding from the users is it's currently it's taking the workload off them having to mentally understand what they're seeing in front of themselves. Um, you know, from from my own personal experience, you know, it, it's been coming back telling us about missing data sets. So one of the most common things that happens with when we're looking at energy consumption, let's say in a building, uh, we may look at it in you know the last week in hourly intervals, but the actual interval data is 15 minute or five minute interval data. And there may be data missing from that subset. So what's been interesting is when I'm looking at um, a dashboard or, or an energy consumption graph and I'm looking at it looks normal to me, there's actually missing data in that in that visualization that, that I don't even know about until I look at the, the data behind it, so to speak. I don't know if that's making sense, but it's it's sort of picking up the things that, that you just wouldn't see as the user, um, which has been amazing for me to see, to wow, be honest. Okay, okay. And uh, can you also then use it to like, query the data? So you as the, you as the user write in, okay, tell me, I want to see data between, this specific data between this this time time scale. Is that how? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know, what what ends up happening is you enter into a more of a conversation, uh-huh. you know, with, you know, the bot, so to speak. So it always starts, so when, when you first open ChatGPT or, or the Bitful GPT in this instance, um, we push it a heap of data before you even know, before it even starts the conversation. So, so ChatGPT knows what it's about to comment on and talk about. And then you enter into this conversation with it where you can go deeper and deeper as you feed it more information. So, you know, one of the common things is as soon as you open up our, our GPT window, um, it will come back and tell you what it's seen. And then you can say, okay, give me some more insights to that data and it will drill down and drill down. And the more you interact with it, the more it can refine and hone in on, on what you're actually looking for, um, which is quite cool. And then you can sort of ask it, you know, you can ask it questions completely out of context to that then as well. You know, you, you could say, okay, well, um, tell me why I'm seeing a, a peak demand issue as an example. And then you say, okay, what could be some of the remedies around a peak demand issue? And can you write me a specification for that? Or can you give me some steps to follow? And it will come back and do that. Um, wow, you know, that's uh, one really of the powerful. cool comments in the, in the LinkedIn post was someone asked, oh, could you get it to respond as if it was Romeo or Juliet? And, and we actually asked it to do that about the building data and it came back and rephrased everything for them. It's quite cool. So um, yeah, that's sort of, some of the context of how we're using it, I'll say it's, it's very experimental. Like all of this stuff that you're seeing in the market at the moment, um, I don't think we know where it's going to take us, but if we don't experiment and try, then, then we would never know either. Mm. Um, I yeah. mean, that's really powerful. That it's sort of not just about visualizing and displaying the data, but also, as you said, like providing remedies to it. Okay, suggesting how that might be fixed and then also writing a specification for, for doing that. I mean, that's... That's definitely super interesting. It, it's super interesting. And I think there's a there's a whole heap of use cases that we don't even know. I mean, uh, one of the interesting things that I look at, especially with our platform, so we support QR coding. Um, so we put QR codes on equipment and we often talk about the service technician on a service call, um, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and they're in the plant room and they're trying to understand what's happening. When, when you have an assistant like this, it's as powerful as it is. Um, and simply getting it to start to show you where the problems are, um, it's extremely powerful. 
Um, but I think like anything, we, we don't understand how to wield that power yet um, as an industry. You know, it's, yeah. it's like I said, it's very experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think, uh, what's next for, for you guys? I mean, they've, they've said that they're already going to release a, a new version of Chat GPT. Google's going to come to market with their version, I guess. Um, are you yeah. going to take advantage of those? 100%. I mean, we, you know, we're on a journey of our own in a lot of senses. Um, the next step for us is obviously as, as that API improves, we'll continue to invest in that and bring that, um, you know, that technology to our platform. But um, we're also experimenting with a lot of visual AI as well. So AIs that can create visualizations. Um, we think it may get to a point where the traditional building visualization could be completely disrupted, uh, where you're simply asking it to show you something rather than building anything at all. Um, and, you know, that's a very future state. But mm. if you sort of take any uh, any improvement whatsoever in this technology for it to be able to create a dashboard or create a report, um, I think it would get down to the point where the, you know, the, the facility manager, the service technician is simply just asking the technology to show it um, what they what they need to see. Mm. And so we'll create that on the fly. So we're very we're very bullish on on all of the technology, but um, we're more bullish on AI not completely replacing people. Like there's there's really two trains of thought at the moment um, from from what you can see in the market, which is you know some people take this approach that yes we're going to automate people out of existence mm-hmm. or there's going to be this heavy level um, level of automation. Um, and then there's another side to it where, you know, there's a group of people who believe that it will augment, you know, human capability. And if you look at, you know, things like our mobile devices and our computers and everything that we use today, that's sort of already happened. Um, and we sit on that side of the fence that we think this technology can can augment people's ability, um, especially when you start to see the, the skill shortages that we have in our industry and, and uh, how people are trying to catch up and understand what's happening in buildings as it is. Um, today, so yeah, we're very bullish on that side of the fence, which is this technology can certainly help people um, in buildings be more proficient, understand what they understand large volumes of data um, a lot faster, you know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's really really interesting to see um, and uh, how how people could potentially use it. Uh, I mean. And again, that that ability, and I think what like what you're doing, you know, that you're adding this, you're you're adding um, capabilities for the user. It's not really at this stage about replacing people, is it? It's about about giving them the better better information to to do a better job, and actually potentially use less people to do the same or less brain power to do the same work. Correct, and or give more bandwidth. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will say, okay, we we use this technology to to do less work. Um, or provide more bandwidth. You know, if if, if this could help someone uh, do, you know, a factor of five times more work than they would usually do, um, that's a great outcome as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, I really believe that, um, you know, we're only going to see this technology advance more and more. I mean, the great thing is we, we have a lot of conversations about this with people. And if you think about it, did you even know about ChatGPT maybe 12 months ago? Mm-hmm. Um you know, no, no one had heard about it um, or, or, you know, some had been following. I mean, we'd been following it for a while, but it, it wasn't prevalent like it is mm-hmm. now. The, the lesson I think people need to learn from ChatGPT is that there's going to be disruptive technologies that come in and uh, really change the game. And, and the building industry um, 
has traditionally been very slow to adopt anything new. Mm. So I think the one thing that's certain is that the industry is going to be disrupted and it's going to be very disruptive over the next five years. All right. And that's that's uh, an opportunity, right? Not just a, um, like a, a barrier, right? Like, And obviously knowing that, like if we know that this is gonna, there's going to be more um, innovative technology come to market, you can start thinking about strategies now about how you, you deal with that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I think um, you know I'm excited to see what things look like in in two years' time. Yeah. Um, you know, if I take just a short two year outlook, but I think there's a lot of challenges in the industry as well at the moment. If you look at, um, I think we we're talking on the phone about you know energy and energy pricing, mm-hmm. decarbonisation. There's a lot of work to do in in buildings, and I think technologies like this can can certainly help and speed that that process up. Mm-hmm, but, but I always think you'll need that human in the loop. You yeah. know. Do you think that this um, this focus then on uh, that people have on like AI being about replacing jobs is kind of a, a misconception? Is what people are kind of missing the, the missing the point a little bit? Uh, yeah. Look, do, do I think AI is going to replace some jobs? I, I think it will um, for, for sure. Um, but there's a big misconception, you know, or, and, and at least this is my my opinion. Um, people love human interaction. So when there's a problem, um, and, and you know, with our customers on a daily basis, I'll, I'll talk through problems with customers and it's not so much you're solving the problem, but it's the journey that they go on with you to solve the problem. Mm. So you're sitting there, you know, they learn something, I learn something and it's great. And there's, there's two parties who are empathetic maybe to each other's cause. We, there's an emotional connection uh, with it. When you're talking to a, a chatbot, there is no emotion, you know, behind it. You know, if, if if you're successful, a human being shows that emotion. That there's excitement, there's some high fives or whatever mm. you're doing. But when you're talking to a chatbot, it's pretty raw. Um, I, I I personally don't see that, but I'm, I'm also cautious with my words because I can be proven wrong <laughs> very easily. Um, but I, I really do believe it's in human nature to want to solve problems together. And thinking that that's going to be replaced easily, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it could be a misconception. Uh, I'll just go back to something you said before about the data visualization. I mean, that's like really, mm. really interesting because I think again, it's sort of we get fixated on dashboards, right? Like, oh, that's the way that yeah. data is presented at the yeah. moment. That's probably that's how it's going to be. But like, yeah. again, like this could be a, a create like a totally different and much more intuitive system of, of just creating it on the fly giving you exactly what you want at that time correct yeah it's um you know we've been experimenting with mid-journey if, if, you, if you don't know what mid-journey is but um, even just for creating imagery for our graphics in these systems we're using mid-journey um and just experimenting with that so we'll ask mm-hmm. it to create a power meter an image of a power meter or um an air handling unit or something and it will create that imagery pretty accurately but like i said if you take any form of improvement on that technology there's it's not within the realm that it couldn't create that visualization for you Mm -hmm. Um, now if it can create the visualization for you and this is where it gets really interesting is it's going to create the best version of that visualization for you to understand the problem that we have in buildings at the moment is we have engineers that create these visualizations and assume that the user will be able to understand and consume the information. Mm. Um, but that's not, that's often not the case. <laughs> that's very often not the case. 
um, especially when you have a non-technical user who's trying to consume and gain insight. So if you picture a, a world where you could ask something to create that for you, and if you said back, well, I, I still don't understand, and it cr completely created in a different way, and you kept going backwards and forwards with that conversation, inevitably you would get a better outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, you would get um, um, you as the user being able to understand uh, that system a lot better, uh, yeah. in, in my view. Yeah. I mean, um, especially when you talk about multi-building. You know, if we talk about this at any form of scale, if we said, okay, there's 50 buildings with, you know, you know, 10,000 points in a building or something like that. That's a lot of data to consume and engineer and design. Um, but yeah, there's, there's also the financial aspect of that. So if you think of what it would cost to build those visualizations and for someone to manually do that, if we don't have to do that anymore, we can reinvest that money in other areas of the, of the building, mm. um, into, you know, green technology or different technologies to improve the building. So like going back to what, what you said, I think with those with the different types of user, right? Like everyone learns differently. Everyone, uh, and obviously within within the organization, everyone has different functions within that, or different. They have a different perspective, right? So to be able to give them a visualization based on their level of understanding and you know where they're coming from, I think that's incredibly powerful. So it'd be really interesting to see what you guys do with that. If you think about it too, we don't do that right now. You know, we just create the static visualizations and we say that's how it should be. Now we, we've introduced, you know, um, UX and UI design and things like that to try and make this more simple. But um, if you look at the purpose, so if you look at the purpose of why someone would invest in technology in their building, it is actually to answer questions. It's to gain knowledge, but the systems themselves are designed to only provide that knowledge to particular skill sets of people. Ideally, we don't want that. Uh, ideally, we want anyone to be able to consume information in the way that they can best understand it. Mm. And if if AI helps push that that direction, I think that's a that's a great thing. Um, you know, and, and that's why like I still go back to that companion piece. Mm -hmm. I picture, you know, like a portfolio manager about to walk into a meeting, pull like pulling out their mobile and just asking, hey, can you quickly show me um, our carbon emissions through the portfolio or something to that effect and this assistant just simply builds that for them um, and shows them that and, and I think you know some people will say oh you know that's really pie in the sky that's that's really out there stuff but I just don't think it's that far away uh, to be fair hundred no, percent. Um, and that's what will disrupt the industry yeah David that's awesome talking to you thanks for sharing uh, your experiences um, I mean if anyone wants to find out more about what you guys are doing what's the best place to do that uh, just just hit the Bitpool website uh, reach out to us on LinkedIn we're always happy to chat uh, but yeah hit, hit the Bitpool website and reach out we're happy to happy to show you guys what we're doing great thanks a lot <laughs>